Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. We roll on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. OutKick 360, hour number two. Coming up in 20 minutes, Armando Salguero of OutKick.com. The very latest on NFL free agency, which is officially underway. It started even last week. Officially underway. And today's news in the NFL, Baker Mayfield requesting a trade. This is hours after a report was out that Deshaun Watson has removed the Browns from consideration of the four teams that he's thinking about approving a trade to. The others are in the NFC South with the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Well, right after that report came out, Baker Mayfield's agent, through a report, says Baker wants a trade. The Browns have responded through another report that says, we're not going to grant your request. And the back and forth has started at the quarterback position for Cleveland. We'll get the latest with Armando. That's in 20 minutes. But today is a great day. We, we, every day is a great day here for the studios of OutKick here at 6th and Peabody. But we get to show you more than the studio today with everything going on here in the beer garden Inside on the massive screens, we have our full watch party going on with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, and we even have a 360 drink on hand today. Hutton, I'm going to do a first in show history. I'm going to be your server. You uh, brought it? This is, this is yes, uh, courtesy of our team here. This is the 360, the signature cocktail of today, named after yours truly, this show. Awesome. I will present it to you on air. Thank I don't you. have a golden platter to give it to you, but... Um, well, that is your 360, sir. Our, and our it's a rule. special show, so I feel like you know I can I can be your server today. Uh, thank you, Chad. Chad's will be your server. He'll be your host. He'll be your clown. Anything you need, whatever you need. Rule number one: when you get a drink like this, is you remove the straw. Yes. Right. Remove the straw, and and then I mean it's a delicious drink. I explained this on our Instagram story earlier uh, that if you are a man, you should not drink out of a straw. That you remove the straw immediately when you get it. Hutton did it. Prop, that's proper protocol. Thank you. There we go. Thank you know you. what? I'll take one, too. Uh, get, <laughs> get one over here. Let's, let's get another 360. I've got FOMO already with Hutton having his, and then I'll cheers with you. You know who's missing now? This is drink is good. It's, it's a blackberry margarita, basically, uh, with old smoky with, with products. moonshine. Yeah, so come on out. Grab you one of these. Perfect afternoon out here in the sun. Um, it's not too warm, not too cold. It's perfect. Got people playing cornhole in front of us. You saw the drone shots during the break, if you're watching. A terrific uh, we'll afternoon. We'll show more of those throughout the afternoon. And you, know, you mentioned FOMO. The fear of missing out is in, is in our studio. David Reed's the chairman of the board. Uh, we have Adam Brown, the great production assistant, who's uh, keeping us updated on scoreboards. And you'll see the scores at the bottom of the screen throughout the show. Uh, Tyler Castle, uh, Ryan Albanese, uh, Jonathan Moulton. I'm trying to remember everybody who's back there. Uh, Becca and Sleepy Danny are back there. Today is St. Patrick's Day, and today is also the birth of Danny Coughlin. The party of the year is taking place tonight for Sleepy Danny uh, later this evening, uh, where I think we'll be making an appearance. But happy birthday 
to Sleepy Danny and more on Daniel's birthday. I say Daniel because of a message I received. More on the birth oh, I can't of wait Daniel to hear about Coughlin this. later in today's show. Um, Danny, we, Danny Coughlin, by the way, doesn't get much more Irish than that name also on St. Patty's, Patty's Day. Day yeah. So you know that he is a special man, that Dan, Danny Daniel Coughlin, Sleepy Danny, was born on St. Patty's Day uh, of all days. So uh, and I'll say this happy too. Happy birthday to Sleepy Just Danny. Just briefly, Daniel Coughlin doesn't sound like a guy who would work at OutKick. Danny Coughlin does. Yes. Right? Sleepy Danny, absolutely. Well, especially Sleepy Danny definitely sounds yeah. like an OutKick employee. He may be asleep right now. Could be. Uh, not asleep, the Tennessee Volunteers. They are ready to go in the NCAA tournament just underway in the second half. They lead 58-32 as they open second-half play against Longwood. A closer game early than maybe anyone predicted, but it wasn't close for long. Second, uh, The second portion of the first half, uh, Fulkerson took over early, and then uh, Vescovy hit every open three that they gave him. And that, that seemed to be the game plan. If you're just joining us, Longwood was just leaving him wide open and hoping that he missed shots. He didn't. He made them, and Tennessee leads big, 58-32, now 60-32, to early second half. Baylor over Norfolk State, it's 78-47. They've led by as many as 28 points, and they're suffocating the Spartans there, as you would expect in all the brackets. It's 78-47, one over the 16 seed. Iowa and Richmond going back and forth, and this may be the best game of the day that no one's paying attention to here in Nashville because we we're all watching Tennessee. It's 28-26, Iowa over Richmond. This will bust some brackets because I think... Richmond hits a three right before half. 29-28, Richmond Spiders at the break. And you're right, Hutton. This is, is going to bust brackets. That is the best game right now of this later afternoon session. Many had Iowa making a run, and I, I'm, I'm looking at Richmond. It's going to bust mine. I've got Arkansas in one half of my bracket, and then on the other half I've got Iowa to the final four. Uh, Iowa, though, starting to turn it up with un- under 10 minutes to play in the first half. Uh, where they took a lead, but again, Richmond's answering, and they lead by one at halftime in um, in the matchup of the five versus the 12. We'll go through some other final scores while I have this pulled up. And uh, final scores uh, from earlier today, Memphis advances. And so, Chad, we get to see Memphis take on Gonzaga. Um, Gonzaga's going to beat Georgia State later, we all expect. And that will be a game on Saturday as the Memphis Tigers opened up a big lead. And then Boise made it a game. Cut it to five late. And Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers advance past the first round. Uh, They go on to take on the Zags of Gonzaga on Saturday. The final score there, 64-53. It was just too much for Boise in the first half. And they couldn't overcome the big lead and the hole that they dug. Michigan over Colorado State in the first tip-off of the tournament on Thursday. 75-63 the final. So Michigan and Jawan Howard's group, they move on to round number two in Indianapolis. They're, face, they're facing the winner of Tennessee and Longwood in the second round. And Hunter Dickinson, 21 points, 8 of 10 shooting. That's the focus as the balls on the court won't turn their focus to Michigan yet, but fans here certainly already are asking you, what to expect. Something I didn't think I would say at the start of the Tennessee basketball season is a gigantic factor in the second round NCAA tournament matchup for Tennessee mm-hmm. will be none other than Urosh Plavsic, who <laughs> will get the assignment against Hunter Dickinson. And his whole role is defense and bodying up uh, with the big man because... If that's 
Chad. Dickinson is a rough. You know exactly what I'm about to say. I'm not expecting him to do anything on offense. He has to somehow help negate Dickinson, who is a terrific well, Big guy the problem, though, Michigan. is he doesn't have to do much on offense. He's on the floor for offense. And if, he, if he's a key defensively, they're going to keep him in the game quite a bit. That's not good news because he takes up space yeah. on the offensive no, end. you're right. Um, that's not a good sign if he's the key to the win. No, you're right. <laughs> By the way, uh, Tennessee's now at 32 on, uh, on Longwood, 64-32 at the under-16 break. But, no, I say that because I, I know it, Fulkerson you, is more of a team goes to zone. He's yeah. a great slashing big guy to put in. Plofsic may be the one guy. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield is going to get a shot also. Um, they're they're going to have to roll bodies at Dickinson throughout the game. But uh, that's going to be a tough matchup uh, for Tennessee. So that's going to be one to watch. And we're going to have Trey Wallace, who was there to see him up close and personal, in Indy earlier today, we'll have him on a little bit later to break down that matchup. And the other final, Providence over South Dakota State. The four seed advances over the 13th seed, South Dakota State. 66-57 was the final. It's a controversial foul on a Providence three-point shot with under 30 seconds to go to give the Friars a six-point lead, and that proved to be too much for the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. And they, they hung tough throughout the entire game. But a popular upset pick does not advance past round number one. Providence advances. Still to come this afternoon, we are about 20 minutes away from tip-off between North Carolina and Marquette. That's in Fort Worth. And then later tonight, UConn and New Mexico State will get the evening session going. Um, And they are about to tip off, I should mention, in Portland, where Gonzaga and Georgia State uh, will tip things off at 315 Central top-seeded Jags, the nation's top-scoring offense. Some news and headlines across the NFL. Allen Robinson, free agent wide receiver from the Chicago Bears, he is signing a three-year contract with the Los Angeles Rams. So they have Odell Beckham Jr. who tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. He's a free agent. They're now going to replace him with Allen Robinson, who is a number one quality wideout to pair him with the talented offense that we know the Rams have, and they're running it back. It's going to be fun watching Allen Robinson play with a quarterback, you know, and playing in an offense yeah. because he's been a terrific player but hasn't really had that pairing uh, of great offense and great quarterback yet. So he gets that now with the Rams, with McVay and his offensive mind, and with Matthew Stafford. So that's going to be fun to watch what he looks like now with the Rams. So what a great move for them. It's, it's rare. I, I went to break saying a rare situation in the NFL where you have a quarterback requesting a trade, and immediately, like within five minutes of the report, the team responds. But not with a statement. They just respond with another report from another insider. And so you have Baker Mayfield, who requested a trade through his agent, and within minutes on social media, the Browns just publicly responded and said no. We're not, we're not going to entertain trades for you. Now, You're not do you believe them? Because this is a one-sided negotiation on the Browns' behalf. They have, they have Baker back for at least one more year under contract. Baker's now saying he wants out. The Browns would have shipped him out if Deshaun Watson kept them in the running. You know, the Browns are the ones that the, the phrase was, the Browns are out of the mix for Deshaun Watson. And this morning I said, that's because Deshaun Watson told him, told the Browns he's not coming. You know, he's, he's narrowed his focus to the NFC. He wants nothing to do with Cleveland. Um, it may not have been that harsh, but you get my point. Deshaun Watson said no, 
and now they look around and say, we don't have much of an alternative. And if you don't like what, what, you are, what your options are in the draft, and keep in mind, this, all, all this plays a factor, and I've harped on this for a while. The coaching and GM situations matter. It's about winning now and keeping your job. It's the same reason Carson Wentz got traded, because they know in Indy, if they kept him, they were going to be fired. Not immediately, but they know they're not going to win with Carson Wentz in Indy. They just were shown – you saw what happened. The Browns know if they run it with a rookie, wide, a rookie quarterback with the young group that they have, they're done. Stefanski's done. Well, what a great case study in what we've been talking about, the power of the quarterback in the NFL to get what they want. And I realize that Baker Mayfield is not Russell Wilson, he's not Deshaun Watson, he's not Aaron Rodgers in terms of asking for something, wanting something, and getting movement and getting something done from a play standpoint. But we've seen this where typically if a guy asks for a trade, the, the organization is silent. Yeah. And here you have the Browns saying, we have received your request for trade, and it is denied <laughs> immediately. Uh, to Baker Mayfield, which I kind of love from an NFL team, right? I mean, the Browns, you can say what you want, but they're within their rights to try to upgrade in any position. And if they're talking to the Texans about trading for Deshaun Watson, that is an upgrade at the quarterback position from a play standpoint from Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield can get mad. He can get upset. He can have his issues with Stefanski like we saw before. All that, yep. right? Yep. But the Browns can come back and say, you're under contract for another year. We're not going to trade you. We have no interest in doing that now that Deshaun Watson is no longer an option. So I'm interested to see how this moves forward or doesn't, what kind of stalemate we see between these two because it's an interesting case study. Busy day around the league. A, a, a guy who's always mentioned around the trade deadline on the defensive side is Fletcher Cox in Philly. For the last couple of years, he's been linked to a number of teams in the AFC at the trade deadline. They never, they never move him. He's been released today by Philadelphia, so he's on the free agent wire, uh, de veteran defensive tackle. Meanwhile, in Baltimore, second time we've seen this, where we saw it from Randy Gregory, where the reports were out that he was going to be in Dallas. Dallas is the one that, that, that the Cowboys tweeted out that Randy Gregory was going to stay, and in fact he didn't. He ends up in Denver. Well, yesterday, late yesterday, is there – Zadarius Smith, a free agent pass rusher from Green Bay, was reported he was going to sign a contract on day one of free agency in Baltimore. And uh, according to Ian Rappaport, he remains a free agent. He will not be signing in Baltimore. He goes back to uh, more interest that he's receiving elsewhere. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it came down to a physical or not. We'll, we'll find out more. But two interesting free agents on the defensive line, one from Philly, and uh, the other one from Green Bay. Yeah, we've seen that now twice, right? You mentioned yeah. uh, with Randy Gregory, crazy uh, circumstances around that. A quick update, Tennessee now up 31. Santiago Vescovi just hit his fifth three of the day, his 103-pointer on the season. Vescovi becomes the second ball ever to hit 100 threes in a season. The other, Chris Lofton. Pretty good company. All thanks to Longwood. Uh, yes, Longwood making it happen. <laughs> Um, going back to Baker Mayfield briefly, and then we'll be joined by Armando Salguero after another scoreboard update. Um, reports are he, he's interested in, in Indianapolis. That makes sense, right? That you're trying to look for an option, a veteran option, maybe pair that guy with a younger receiver. And another option for the Colts, according to Josina Anderson, is Jameis Winston. The Saints would like to bring him back. Um, 
according to jo Josina Anderson, the Colts are in conversations with Jameis Winston about signing a contract in Indy. But now you have Baker Mayfield requesting a trade. It's all, all very intriguing. And if you go Jameis Winston, you're also drafting a quarterback there in Indy. Where will the chips fall with all of these? Now with Baker Mayfield, with Winston, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's still so many moving parts out there of what could happen and where players could land. Kyle Pitts, going into year number two, former Florida Gator tied in, just tweeted out, it is about to get scary in Atlanta. Is he saying, is that hinting that Deshaun Watson is going to be an Atlanta Falcon? And if so, Matt Ryan's getting traded today. That's what that means. Well, there was the report last night from um, the, the Houston reporter, Hutton, that you mentioned yesterday on Twitter Spaces, broke some news. He had a tweet that Atlanta had the most detailed package ready for Deshaun Watson in a pitch about him returning home, and that it impressed him. So... I'm taking that hit from Kyle Pitts as he believes they're, they're about to land a Sean Watson and Jarvis Landry, who they've been talking to, right? I did, Jarvis I did a, Landry has been talking with the Falcons also. Doing a quick Google search, I guarantee you they share an agent. Um, if they do, you should read into it a bit more than just some random tweet. Um, we'll get more with Armando, but what a boost that would be. Yeah, it is. They, they do share, they share the same agent, Kyle Pitts and Deshaun Watson. Um, so with Kyle Pitts tweeting out, it's about to get scary in Atlanta. To me, that means Deshaun Watson's going to be a Falcon. Uh, reading into this again, I'm assuming. But I'm taking it a layer further. Matt Ryan's getting traded today. They have to finalize a trade to get him off the books in order to stay under the cap and then sign Deshaun Watson. Indianapolis? Yeah, potentially. For Matt Ryan? Cleveland? Yeah. I mean, options are open. We'll get Armando Salguero's yeah, take fun. on all this. He's about to join us. Trey Wallace will join us from Indianapolis after Tennessee's win over Longwood. We'll update you on that score, and we will continue hey, cheers, with scoreboard updates also, from 6th and Peabody with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Armando Salguero next, so now kick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless, from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We'll find out if Armando Salguero is with us in just a moment. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network, 6th and Peabody, our location. We are out in the beer garden. That's why we don't know if Armando Salguero is there or not. 
NFL news galore, though, and we'll connect with him in just a moment. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. We've got the 360 drink special going on We're today. in the beer garden, but enjoying uh, some moonshine yeah. in this 360 cocktail, which is a lot like a blackberry margarita. It's terrific. Cheers, honey. It's like that because it is. It's blackberry moonshine and margarita moonshine combined. You know what it is? Uh, our old friend Kirby would tell us what goes in a blackberry margarita. It's... <laughs> It's blackberry, <laughs> and it's margarita. It's those two things. Chad, These are the elements coming together. What's the latest in Indianapolis with Tennessee and Longwood? Tennessee leads by 31. It has been a very ho-hum second half. They led by 25 at halftime. Santiago Vescovi has continued to knock down threes. Uh, Tennessee has not let this thing get remotely interesting. It's 8.22 left. Actually, the under-eight timeout right now uh, with Tennessee leading 75-44 over Longwood. So Tennessee will advance to take on Michigan, who came from behind to beat Colorado State earlier today. So uh, a couple of other scores. Three games in progress right now. Iowa and Richmond at the half. It's 29-28 Richmond, the Spiders, over Iowa currently. And Iowa is shooting just 25% from the floor in the first half. Richmond, 40% at the half. So We'll continue to update you there. The winner will go on to face Providence in the second round. And just underway in Portland, Gonzaga and Georgia State. Gonzaga should win, and when they do, they will be playing Memphis, the Tigers, and Penny Hardaway advancing to take on the top-seeded Zags. Our top seed every Thursday is Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. Plenty of NFL news and notes as well on this tournament Thursday Armando, hope you're doing well. A lot to discuss, and today it's about Baker Mayfield, who, as of yesterday, didn't know if he was going to be traded because we didn't know if Deshaun Watson was going to approve a trade to Cleveland. We know, according to reports, he's not going to Cleveland. Cleveland now wants to keep Baker. Baker wants out, and Cleveland says, no, we're not going to honor that. What's going on with the Browns and Mayfield? Yeah. uh, Hi, guys. You didn't offer me a drink. That's fine. No problem. Cheers. Drink it Drink it to the Zoom, and you got it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think Cleveland wants to keep Baker Mayfield. Uh, regardless of what they're saying through sources, they're moving on from Baker Mayfield. That is not a situation anymore. He's asked to be traded. You can't bring a quarterback who you tried to replace and also has asked to be traded and it's all played out in public back into your locker room and ask him to be a leader. More importantly, uh, tell the players in the locker room that he's your leader. Uh, so that is going to play out with a trade or a release or something other than Baker Mayfield being in a Browns jersey uh, next season. Armando, what did you make of the, I don't know if it's a preemptive strike, but hearing from Baker Mayfield first on social media with that big elaborate thank you to Cleveland fans when all the rumors about the Deshaun Watson trade were taking place, what, what did you make of all that from Baker Mayfield's side? Immaturity. Uh, uh, I made that of it. I, I made uh, a guy all up in his feelings when he really didn't need to be. Look, the NFL is a business. It's cold. It's, it's unfeeling, it's, it is what it is. Uh, Baker Mayfield, when he negotiates a contract for himself, he's not worried that he's going to 
you know, tell the team that he's talking to how good he is? Why is he worried that the team that he's on is trying to upgrade from how good he is? That's it's business. And if Baker Mayfield hasn't figured that out four years into his NFL I would tell you he's got some learning to do. I'm just not on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon right now. I think that his play was par, not subpar, but just par. He's got a really good team around him, guys. He's got a borderline Super Bowl roster around him, and they don't look like a borderline Super Bowl team. And so why is that? because their quarterback is not good enough. And so what I think has to happen is the Cleveland Browns, whatever, if, for example, if the Atlanta Falcons get Deshaun Watson, the next phone call that should be happening is the Cleveland Browns trying to land Matt Ryan, because that makes sense. Matt Ryan is or has been an elite passer and I believe that when you add that to that team you've got a you, you've got a team that can compete with the Cincinnati Bengals I'm not saying it's better than the Cincinnati Bengals but certainly is on a on on us on a level with the Bengals Armando Salguero our guest you're, you're right I mean we would know we would have a trade finalized for Matt Ryan before the deal is done and the trade is done for Deshaun Watson in theory, right? Well, uh, in theory, because obviously, look, the, the Falcons have to pay Matt Ryan $7,000, I think, by the end of this week uh, in a roster bonus if they get something done. So clearly, while Deshaun Watson might think that He's got time to make a decision. He really doesn't. I expect that decision. In fact, I'm monitoring my phone as we speak. Um, I expect that decision in the next, you know, few hours, if not wh while we're talking. Armando, you're way better at figuring things out than I am. So I'll, I'll throw this to you. Where does Indianapolis fall in all of this? What what happens with them? What's their plan? What quarterback do they end up with when, when all of the chips fall and we have an NFL season? What do you think is happening with Indianapolis at this point? Yeah, that's an interesting situation, Chad, because they they threw out the, the theory that you don't dump your old girlfriend until you have a new girlfriend. Well, they dumped their old girlfriend, and they don't have a new girlfriend. And in this case, the girlfriend is the – the one position player that can make you a Super Bowl contender or not. Because otherwise, the Indianapolis Colts also have a borderline championship caliber team. Their, their obvious choices are going to be, they can also get into the Matt Ryan sweepstakes if he be, you know, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Jameis Winston, it's going to be kind of a, uh, you know, I don't know that they're going to have an upgrade quarterback early, uh, but they clearly saw something in Carson Wentz, not just in his play, but 
in his leadership and in the way he responded to the big moments that they really didn't like. So much so that they got rid of him without having a replacement. And in a, a rare situation too, just looking at it from the 30,000 foot view, Armando, Normally, in a situation like this, the team that's trading Deshaun Watson would want a quarterback in return. Our good friend and yours, John McClain, told us they don't want Matt Ryan. They don't want Baker Mayfield. They want young pieces, and they're going to go with Mills. Um, so there's always – the rare three-team trade is about to happen somewhere. Right. And, you know, Davis Mills, for, for a young guy on a terrible team – he acquitted himself pretty pretty well. He was quite representative of what a good rookie quarterback looks like last year. So I don't begrudge them that decision at all. And I would say to you that draft picks are way, way more important than bringing on, you know, a, a solid but not outstanding quarterback. And we've just talked about the group that would be available. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan at 37 years old doesn't make sense with the Houston Texans. Uh, it doesn't make sense to pay Jameis Winston. It doesn't make sense to go and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and give up, you know, drafts. It makes sense to go with what you got, use the three first-round picks, use the two second-round picks, grow that roster, grow that team, and there will be a draft beyond this year that is expected to have much better quarterback options than this year's draft. And so the Houston Texans, they have, they're not going to compete for anything other than the first overall pick in the draft uh, next year in the 2022 season. So they understand that, I think. They have a plan, I've been told. So we'll see that play out. Armando, how about the AFC? They're loaded with great quarterbacks. And then they go out and decide, we're going to get the biggest game breakers on defense from the NFC. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Von Miller to the Bills. Randy Gregory to the Broncos. Uh, this is quite the conference. And now you have teams trying to match those great quarterbacks they're going to see in some cases twice a year with someone who can go get after that great quarterback on the other team. Yeah, and it's not just uh, the AFC, but the, the AFC West, which is now the AFC Best. And it's not just rusher per team. All of those teams now have two really premier pass rushers. The Denver Broncos have Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. Uh, the the I want to. I always want to say San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. You know they want. They've got Khalil Mack now to go with Joey Bosa. The the Raiders yesterday they added they added uh, Chandler Jones to go with Pro Bowler Max Crosby. So it's always uh, the idea of coming at the quarterback from both edges, not just one edge, because you can block one premier pass rusher. But you ask an offensive line to block two, and that gives quarterbacks a little bit of the skitties uh, because they know that we can't really block two premier pass rushers on every down. 
Von Miller to Buffalo. What does that do for that defensive front? So last year, and I'm saying last year, it was last season, they were bounced from the playoffs. Why? Because in the final 13 seconds of the game, in a game that Josh Allen, the quarterback, was amazing, amazing, uh, their defense could stop the Kansas City Chiefs. With 13 seconds to play, Von Miller is a closer. You give him that situation, he is going to get after the opposing quarterback. It would have been, in that case, Patrick Mahomes. And you have a chance to get your defense off the field and you move on. They've done with Von Miller and that addition. They've got a closer now for when the other team needs to make a big play and everybody knows that they're going to be passing. They also have to know that Von Miller is going to be passing. I love how it's a headline that Ron Rivera is saying that Carson Wentz is their number one guy, as if we didn't know based on the trade. And, and then picking up the contract from, from Indy. Um, I mean, was there any doubt that Rivera and Washington was, were going to use Carson Wentz as their starter? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe I mean, it's a headline, but that's, that's a headline that was begging for attention that doesn't exist. I mean, you don't trade for Carson Wentz, and you don't pick up his contract, as you, as you say, and then go and give the the job to to, to Heineke. It's it, it's nonsensical. And again, based on the draft, I'm not sure that anyone that they would find in this draft would be able to beat out an experienced, still gifted Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz, if he were in the draft, he'd be the first overall pick because we wouldn't know that he has a little bit of trouble closing out games himself and closing out seasons himself and possibly leading the way a lot of teams want him to lead. But from a standpoint of just sheer talent, he's head and shoulders above anyone in the draft. Couple of post-June 1st releases. Fletcher Cox released today. Uh, veteran defensive lineman in Philly yesterday, and the Titans made it official today. They released Julio Jones post-June 1st designation. Um, Fletcher Cox, I believe 13 or 14 sacks over the last three years. His, his stats are nearly identical to Ndamukong Sue over the last three years, if you're trying to put it in perspective. Meanwhile, Julio Jones can't stay healthy. His hamstrings seem to be shot. I mean, that's evidenced by the last two years, both in Atlanta and Nashville. But Tom Brady is recruiting Julio Jones to Tampa Bay. So, you know, this is going to be a massive headline if Julio ends up in Tampa. But your thoughts on the veteran Fletcher Cox and what he could have left in the tank. And maybe Philly wants to just restructure a contract there. Meanwhile, you've got Julio, who it, it, it seems as though he wants to stay in the league. Yeah, and I don't blame him. The pay is pretty good. Uh, so <laughs> I would say to you that Tom Brady is going to look at and try to bring up the biggest names of the biggest names. You know, Julio Jones is a big name, but 
I have serious doubts that Julio Jones is the same guy anymore. Um, normally what happens is when a player over 30, and in Julio Jones's case, over 32-ish, um, starts to decline and starts to get hurt, they don't backtrack on that. They don't go the other direction suddenly. It's a progressive thing and the injuries pile up the speed and the quickness, especially with a hamstring injury, you know, you struggle to get that back. And, you know, this is not the first year that Julio Jones has been hurt. You got to remember, the Atlanta Falcons decided to move on from Julio Jones. It's not like they had a ton of talent to do that, and yet they decided to move on from a, a big-name wide receiver. So the fact that Brady is recruiting him, great. Awesome. They've got better receivers, okay? They really do. And those receivers will be on the roster, including Chris Godwin, who is recovering from ACL surgery, but I'm told is way ahead of schedule and will be playing uh, during the 22 season. Armando, who do you have winning the, the national championship? Who, who's winning and cutting down the nets in your bracket? Yeah, so let me show you my bracket. Um, where is it? I got it somewhere. Yeah, what? I'm trying to find a blank piece of paper because, dude, I don't know anything about college basketball. <laughs> I have watched exactly zero minutes of college basketball during uh, March and four months prior to March. And so ask me, Armando, and I'll tell no, you. No excuse. I, I appreciate okay. your ability to not BS and just no. say, say it like it is. I know nothing about it, so I'm not going to say anything on it. I, I enjoy it. I'm glad you described your sheet of paper because we can't see you today. <laughs> uh, but secondly, 75% oh, okay. of America who filled out a bracket didn't, 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 fill out a, didn't watch college basketball before March. So um, th that's okay. no excuse that you couldn't join the OutKick Bracket Challenge. So Gonzaga, give me Gonzaga, okay? <laughs> there you go. Like uh, all right, there we go. By the way, quick update: Georgia State leads Gonzaga 11 to 10 early <laughs> in the first half no! with 14 minutes left of that game. <laughs> Armando, your bracket's already shot. Uh, so would mine because I also pick Gonzaga to win. Armando, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Armando's the best. Armando Salguero, outkick.com. He's got you covered on all things free agency. We have you covered on he all things. He won't even attempt to BS. I know. He's like, I, I could give you an answer to anything you ask me, and it, it's probably well, not no, going to be no right. No BS, and that's fair. But he's just, I haven't seen but anything, the idea so I'm not going to comment. I haven't seen college basketball all year. I mean, 75% of the brackets right. filled out. You know, else filled out you know who else filled out a bracket this morning? My six-year-old daughter. <laughs> and I can tell you she's watched less college basketball and knows less than Armando Salguero. Uh, you know what? Who covers a professional sport for as a living. Of, as of right now, her bracket's better than Armando's. Yeah. Well, Colgate's still alive. We will give so. you a full scoreboard update and update you uh, with Tennessee, who uh, is winning and winning big over Longwood and what that means for their upcoming matchup on Saturday. And a full scoreboard and look ahead to tonight's matchups. Let's Next. put it this way, by the way. Tennessee has their bench completely emptied with seven minutes left in the game. That's a good sign for your first-round game. That is next on OutKick 360.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just went final in Indianapolis. We welcome you back to Nashville. Sixth and Peabody, our location, our broadcast site each and every day. But today, day one of the NCAA tournament. Tournament Thursday at Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Our tournament watch party in full swing as everyone on hand here today just saw Tennessee trounce Longwood uh, in blowout fashion. The final score, 88-56. Vols move on to take on Michigan. Full scoreboard in just a moment, but Chad, complete dominance today by Tennessee, which is exactly what you want to see from a team that did the same last week in Tampa. Yeah, it was a little bit back and forth for the first six, seven minutes, but once Tennessee took a 10-point lead, I want to say about 10 minutes left in the first half, they never looked back. They went on a 16-3 run to close out the first half, to go up 25 at the break. Never let up in the second half. Never let Longwood think they had any chance of making it interesting. Santiago Vescovi had a huge day trying to pull up the box score right now. A big story early on was John Fulkerson was very effective because Longwood was pressuring Tennessee's guards, and it was one-on-one opportunities for Fulkerson who took full advantage. So he was big in the game. Uh, Really nice win for Tennessee. Exactly what you want to see out of the dominant team in a game when you're the better seed to go yeah. out and just don't give any life to that opponent. And, and Tennessee did that. And Tennessee is the analytical darling of this tournament. There are all the analytics models saying they're a Final Four team. They're a Chad. national championship team. They deserve the two seed and not the three seed. They came out today and played like that. If they have a player every game hit six of eight from three, they're there going to go. the Final Four. Yep. Vescovy did that today. Six of eight from three. He, was, uh, he led the team uh, and, and the team today hit 14 of 24 from three. Yeah, they're not losing. They're not going to lose if they play like that. They're not going to shoot like that the whole time. And, again, they get. we're going to talk to Trey Wallace here, I know probably right at the top of the, the 4 o'clock central hour. Yeah, he's, he's basing this on post-game His media availability, availability. Yeah. yeah, which is totally understandable. So um, Michigan is talented, but Tennessee's better. Uh, if Tennessee plays well against Michigan, they're going to win that game. I don't know they're going, what, 14 for 24? Yeah. was what they went, but uh, this has been the trend for Tennessee. They have been shooting the ball well from the outside. Vescovy's been big. Josiah Jordan-James had another good day. He was great in the SEC tournament. So it's a team that's been red hot the right time of year. So going into this matchup with Michigan, look, Tennessee remains hot. We said it yesterday. I'd be shocked if they didn't play well. And guess what? They came out and played great, and they covered the spread by – seven points in the first half and completely snuffed out any threat from Longwood. So great start to this tournament from Tennessee, who, by the way they played the last month and a half on their roster, they're a legit national championship contender in this tournament. Let's dive in with some in-game scores, shall we, as we wrap up the hour. And Brian Penny Collins will join us in hour number three, head coach at TSU. Uh, Richmond and Iowa. It's 49-46, Richmond over Iowa. Um, Look, Iowa and, and, and the Spiders have been going back and forth here, but this is coming down to the wire. Game of runs, 
doesn't matter. This is coming down to the final minute of the game. Get ready and buckle up. This could be the game of the day. Uh, you've got Gonzaga currently leading Georgia State 19-16 in Portland. Top-seeded Zags going back and forth with Georgia State, the Sun Belt champion right now. UNC and Marquette have just tipped off in the East region in Fort Worth. 10-8 to eight the score. Again, just underway. Which Marquette team shows up? That That is the... That's how this game is determined because we have seen Marquette beat some really good teams and then two, two nights later lose and lose easily, uh, not putting up much of a fight with Shaka Smart's group. We'll continue to update you there with the, the Tar Heels having the size advantage and right now a two-point advantage. Finals from earlier today. Baylor knocks off Norfolk State. They will take on the winner of UNC or Marquette. It's 85-49 uh, the final. John McClain's Baylor Bears trying to repeat as national champions. Memphis. By the way, Baylor, Tennessee, look. Uh, uh, half, uh, the first half and then maybe 10 minutes of the second half. Boise put on a late run, but Memphis wins by 11, 64-53. Low scoring affair there. Memphis is going to play Gonzaga, uh, at least we would expect, based on uh, the, the matchup of the one versus 16. And uh, Boise made a comeback late in the second. They cut it to six. This was a 20-point game. They cut it to six, but Memphis wins by 11. We mentioned Michigan over Colorado State. They'll get the balls next on Saturday. Jawan Howard's squad pulled up the, the, the comeback in the second half. They trailed by as many as 15 points. Michigan wins by 12 over Colorado State. And Providence advances over South Dakota State 66-57. There was a foul on a three-pointer with 30 seconds to go after the foul shot. That made it a six-point game. And then hitting free throws down the stretch, the final score, Providence 66, South Dakota State 57. Providence will take on the winner of Iowa or Richmond. Nice start also quickly. Uh, North Carolina now leading 13-8 to with the basketball against Marquette early in that game, in the 8-9 game. We preview all the matchups still to come this evening. Plenty on tap here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Deer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Brian Penny Collins, head coach of TSU, is going to join us and be our game analyst with everything going on, live reactions, scores, your reaction as well. Hope you'll join us on socials at Outkick360. And join us in five minutes. We're back with the very latest on the NCAA tournament. From 6th and Peabody across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360.